video games. They've been around for decades at this point and are a cornerstone of some of the pop culture in our world today, at least especially in the United States. Today, let's talk about video games and specifically my experience with video games. This episode of Tom Said What? Welcome into this episode, and as I said in the intro, we're going to talk about video games. And as a millennial, born in 1985, video games have always been a part of my kind of understanding and existence. The Super Nintendo, not the Super Nintendo, the original Nintendo Entertainment System was released only about a year after I was born. I was born in February of 1985, and... Um, the Nintendo Entertainment System comes to North America. I know it was released in Japan years before as the Famicom, the family computer system or something like that. Um, but it came to North America, to um, the United States, in late 1985 and into 1986. So to be honest, I have known my entire life, like since, you know, I was conscious and alive about video games like video games have been something that has been a part of my reality pretty much my whole life now what that does mean is that we didn't have video games in the early part of my life like we never owned an original nintendo we never uh the nintendo entertainment system we never owned a super nintendo it wasn't until the N64, the Nintendo 64, that we owned an in-home console. Um, and that was even a few years after it had come out. And um, it was not until a couple of years before that that we even got like a Game Boy in the house. So um, we weren't playing video games when I was a kid. Like when I was a child, we had, you know... Um, friends who had video games and we would go over to their place and we would play and things like that but no we mostly just you know experienced video games as something that was out there and like we would go to the mall and go into the toy store and they'd have the latest system set up there and we'd go and we'd try to play one of the levels of the latest Donkey Kong or of the latest Sonic or whatever they had set up in the store display at the time for us to try and to play. And we just, you know, it was just a thing. My parents didn't really have the money to be able to buy us the systems and so we just kind of lived with that reality. We would play it whenever we had the opportunity. We would play it when we went over to our friend's house, like I said, we would play it. We would go to arcades and play there, but it wasn't, you know, something that we always had access to in that way. What we almost always had access to 
in terms of video games was on the PC. We were a PC gaming family mostly because that's what we had in the house. We had um, computers there that were mostly supposed to be there for learning. Like they were what we would write papers for school on. I grew up <laughs> making this program called Word Perfect um, and using that to be able to write papers. And it was a completely like keyboard based like word document or uh, sorry word processing so there were shortcut keys like com like keyboard commands for everything to center to do all the formatting to do all of the different type of stuff like that and i had to learn how to make that work in order to just write papers for school when i was in you know middle to late grade school and into junior high and then eventually Microsoft Word kind of like took over the whole like word processing like space um, and that but we're talking about video games and computer games specifically so we had these old computers there was one that was just a DOS based system where it was again all keyboard commands there was no mouse there was no clicking there was no graphics based anything in it it was all just keyboard commands and we had a few games that we could play on there. It was really cool. They were mostly on floppy disks. Some of them were on the big five and a quarter floppy disks that were actually floppy. And some of them were on the smaller three and a half um, hard floppy disks that you'd have to put them in the computer, type in the right commands. Computer would read off the disk and you could play the game. There were a bunch of different games. There was, I remember, like a Flintstones game where like you controlled one of the like characters from the Flintstones, either uh, Barney or Fred, and you were trying to like get across these obstacles and stuff and like get through the different levels. There was a um, arcade kind of shooter game that was called like Round 42, and you controlled this like little, um, you know, like. Um, spaceship and you would clear out these rounds of different types of enemies and you just go through the whole game and there were 42 rounds as the name implied and if you beat them then you won the game but then it would just cycle back around to like round one and you could just keep going to get like a high score and get as high of a score as you could and I remember it was a big deal when we could first actually start beating that um, and then eventually we kind of all upgraded as a family we had two computers for a while one that had all these old games on it that we would continue to play as kids and that was the kids computer and there was like my dad's computer where he would do some work stuff on it and he would like do some like personal stuff on it and like the one my dad had was the one that like actually had like the internet connection to it too with like through the phone line where you actually had to like dial up um, with the original like AOL sound and all that kind of stuff. So um, that computer, the one that we could actually get online with, it had a mouse and it was running one of the basic windows, um, one of the original windows, like 3.1 or something like that, like that I remember of windows. Um, and then it, I remember ran well enough to do the CD version of the original X-Wing, Star Wars X-Wing video games, 
where you could fly all the different types of X-Wing fighters and Star Wars fighters and stuff, and I loved that. And we played the heck out of that. We played that just to no end, like, throughout my entire childhood. Like, that was awesome. And then eventually, as we got, we got a Game Boy into the house at one point. My mom got it from, like, a really, like, great deal at a garage sale with a couple of games, and we played that. And then eventually, like I said, we got the Nintendo 64 in the house. And that's where, like, I really started trying, like, I kind of fell into, like, playing just a lot more video games than I was before. And I remember, like, we got the, like, neon green, like, translucent green version of the Nintendo 64 that came with Donkey Kong 64 instead of like every other version of like the Nintendo 64 that came with like Mario 64 so I had never played the Mario 64 like I'd never played that we never owned it for N64 because like we just you know didn't buy it like we never found it it was just something that we'd never gotten So I remember playing, like, the Donkey Kong 64 and, like, not really caring for it and just being like, whatever. And then I just remember the three biggest games that I played on the Nintendo 64 were Paper Mario. Love Paper Mario. I still own that cartridge, even though I don't own a Nintendo 64 at the moment. Love that game. Um, The um, Super Smash Bros, which was the original one on the N64, and of course Mario Kart 64. Like those were like the three big ones that we played all the time on the N64. Oh, and we never owned a copy of it, but GoldenEye loved GoldenEye on the N64. Anytime someone would bring it over, we would play it, and that was that was amazing. But um, yeah, we never. I don't think we ever owned a copy of it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, that's a little bit off track from what I originally wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about today is the fact that I consume a fair amount of video game content. I watch people on YouTube who talk about video games. I watch people on YouTube who play video games. I watch a fair amount of content reviewing video games and things like that. And in the house, we have, like, I have a computer. I'm recording this on an old laptop, but it's not a gaming laptop. It's not one that can, like, run, like, current generation, like, graphics games. Like, it has integrated graphics on the CPU. Like, it doesn't have a dedicated graphics chip. It's not going to be a gaming computer anytime soon. Um, But then we've got the Switch... And we've got a PlayStation 4. Now, the PlayStation 4 is only in the house because I bought Star Wars Squadrons for my oldest brother for Christmas. I was going to give it to him for Christmas. And of course, then right before Christmas, I find out that, guess what? My brother has already purchased Star Wars Squadrons for himself. So then I'm stuck with a copy of... Star Wars Squadron for PlayStation 4, and I didn't have the receipt, so I couldn't go return it. It was a game that I knew I wanted to play, but I just didn't own anything to play it on, so I wasn't going to, like, go out of my way to, like, make a purchase. But then that was also the winter where the PlayStation 5 had just dropped. 
and a bunch of people were trying to sell their PlayStation 4s, get a little bit of extra cash to be able to afford that PlayStation 5, because the PlayStation 5 was and still is really expensive. Um, so I picked up a PlayStation 4 for relatively cheap. I played through all of Star Wars Squadrons, um, loved it, never touched the online stuff, didn't really care for it much, but played all of the like campaign part, which was really short, and I was really annoyed by that because I was really hoping that it would be kind of like an X-Wing game and be, you know, a little bit longer of a campaign. Plus, the constantly switching sides between like the New Republic and the Empire, like... That's not really what I signed up for when I wanted to play that game. Like, that game, like, I really wanted it to be, like, X-Wing. And I could just keep playing, you know, as the Rebels or as the New Republic. Because that's what I like playing as. I don't like flying a TIE Fighter. I think it's really ridiculous. I like flying the Rebel Craft. The X-Wing, the A-Wing, the B-Wing, the Y-Wing. Give them all to me. I don't want to ever fly a TIE Fighter ever again. Anyway, that's, again, a little off topic. But one of the things that I see is there's constantly new video games coming out. And there's one new video game that's come out recently that I really want to play and my son, my 11-year-old son, Edward, wants to play. And that is the new Super Mario Brothers game, the Super Mario Brothers Wonder game. It looks really cool. And... To be honest, I've never 100% completed any Mario game. Um, and that's kind of one of the problems. I want this new game. I want to get it. I want to play it. But I haven't finished a bunch of the games that I'm currently playing. And by currently playing, I mean I've played and then I just don't have time to pick up again for months. Because as a parent and a teacher and... You know, all of that. I don't have time to just sit down and play video games for hours on end, which is what always ends up happening with me. I always get completely lost in the video game and not able to, like, regulate it very much, very well. I have to always make sure I set that timer and then make sure that I don't just stay up all night playing video games. But, yeah, I have, like, three or four games that I want to finish before I think we can get the new Super Mario Brothers Wonder. One of them is I still haven't finished the latest Paper Mario, the Origami King. I'm like, I don't know, I'd say I'm probably about two thirds of the way through it and I'm just, like I was doing really well on it and then I stopped playing it because, you know, I ran out of time to play it. I think I started playing it on one of my like school breaks as a teacher and I just never got a chance to go back and finish it. Um, I picked up that Super Mario Bro Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. And I have been playing through Super Mario 64 for the first time, because I'd never played it before. And I'm looking to try and finish that before picking up something new. Um, we've got the latest, they're almost a year old now at this point, uh, Pokemon games. And I'm still haven't finished playing through that we have the scarlet or the violet version of it um because you know i just didn't get a chance to keep playing it um there's one other one which one was it um i don't remember oh uh we got the new pokemon snap from a few years ago and i never even started my campaign my chance to play that so, like, I don't know, I'm just way behind because I just never make the time to play it. I think I need to stop watching people play video games and start actually 
playing the video games myself. That's probably just the point of me talking about this right now. But yeah, video games have always been a part of my experience, and they've been something that I sometimes wish I did more, and then when I do them more, I sometimes wish I did them less, you know, so it's all about finding that balance. Anyway, I think right now is time to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the music from video games and listen to a couple of my favorite tracks. and welcome back in again i'm not sure there was an ad there and i'm not sure when there ever will be another one again but you know what we keep chugging away nonetheless so i would love to be able to play video games more often and i would love to be able to dedicate more of my life to that experience my son my 11 year old um he plays a fair amount of video games he gets about an hour of screen time a day and he like you know, will occasionally decide to spend that time playing video games. He sometimes decides to spend that time watching YouTube. He, you know, chooses to go back and forth depending on how he is feeling. But one of the things that has been integral for me in my experience of video games is the music in video games. And I think that even as far back as some of, for me, the earliest games that I remember, and I remember seeing, and I remember getting my chance to play, and things like that, um, I am just, I was just taken by the fact that the music was, you know, not just good for video games, that I think video game music has always been, like, just really good in general. And I'd like to take the opportunity, share with you a couple of my favorite video game pieces of music and ones that I think are well worth giving a listen to as often as possible, not just when listening to video games and things like that. So here is the first one, and I think it's probably going to be an obvious choice for a lot of people, for me, I think it's top tier in video games. I think it's iconic. I think it's one of the things that when you say video game music that I think people should be thinking of. And if not in their top one or two, I think it's got to be top five. And that is the original theme from Super Mario Brothers. The original Super Mario Brothers theme written and uh, created by Koji Kondo, amazing composer in the video game space, not only worked on the Mario franchise, but also on the Legend of Zelda franchise, which is a whole nother thing that I've just never gotten into um, in terms of video games and things like that. Um, I almost feel a little ashamed by not admitting that I've never really gotten into the Zelda series, but whatever. Um, but yeah, the Super Mario Bros. Brothers theme by Koji Kondo, I think is iconic video game music. Let's take a listen to that.
sorry for the kind of abrupt cutoff there, but yeah, there it was. The original Super Mario Brothers theme music, and if you dive a little bit deeper into that and understand the limitations that Koji Kondo had to work under, the technical limitations of the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Famicom, as it was known in um, Japan, it could only reproduce a certain number of tones at the same time and it could only produce them in certain kind of synthesized waveforms and then it could produce like a sound effect at the same time which he used to great effect in the super mario brothers theme like we just listened to in that previous clip but then, if you've ever been playing the game on the original, like, hardware, on the original, like, Super... Or, sorry, the original Nintendo, you're going to find that whenever you do something, whenever there's a sound effect in the game, for example, like, you jump with Mario, or you break a block, or you kill an enemy, or you do something like that with your character, the music pauses for, like, that brief second where the sound effect then takes over all of the synthesizer like it cuts out the music for that moment that you are like doing something because that was the technical limitation of the hardware at the time i learned all this from a podcast called the soundtrack show um it was a really cool listen where he was talking about the video game music of Koji Kondo, and I, it just reinforced my appreciation for the work that the man has done since, you know, the beginnings of video games for as far as I'm concerned. Alright, let's dive into something a little bit more modern, and that is, you know, the theme song, if you can consider it having one theme song, from the Halo games. This has brought back to the forefront the usage of human voice to do some really cool stuff. And anytime I introduce Gregorian chant into my classroom, anytime I'm trying to teach that in any way to any particular grade level, anytime I play it, the first reaction I get is that it's the music from Halo. And I am Blake on the composer at the moment. I will have to look that up and get back to you in just a second. But yeah, that is amazing music and something that brings a style that we don't hear very often back into the forefront. Let me find that and here it is for you.
And there we go. The theme from the original Halo Combat Evolved. Featuring a bunch of really cool stuff there from orchestral instruments to chanting monks and the voice and all of that. It's, I think it's really cool. And that kind of brings us to the state of video game music today where video game music is as popular as the games themselves are. The Final Fantasy games, they put out an album of the soundtrack that goes along with the video games every time those particular games have a release. And the music becomes just as popular as the video games. There are concerts where they just play the music from the games and people love the music just as much as they love the games because it reminds them of the characters and the storyline and all that kind of stuff. And it seems that music for video games has evolved to this point where it's almost just like movie music. The music helps set the scene. The music helps make the atmosphere. And it is an expectation that you are working at a high level to be able to work on music for video games these days. And it's not just, ah, whatever music we decided we were going to use goes into it. And I think, again, that's one of the reasons that I still love consuming media about video games, even though I don't play nearly as much of them as I want to these days so let's wrap it up there video game music has come a huge way from that original um mario brothers theme to even the halo theme that we heard which is you know a good number of years old at this point like 20 something years old so we're gonna end it there let me know what are your favorite video games slash video game music Reach out on, I guess the website's now called X. Tom said what? That's T O M S E D W H A T. It's at Tom said what? Let me know. What are those favorite video games or favorite video game music moments? And uh, I'll talk to you next time.